Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and I give God praise, glory, and honor for being here with all of you on episode number 228 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, there was something that happened a good while ago that the Lord taught me, and he reminded me of that lesson uh, just last week. So let's do this. Please go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blaine encourages you is coming to you with the lesson from 1992. <laughs> That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendencouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everybody. So as evidence in our introduction, we have a lesson from a number of years ago that the Lord taught me. And for you all, I'm sure you heard me chuckling a little as that rhyme, which was completely unintentional, came up that it was brought to you from 19, or I'm bringing to you this lesson from 1992. <laughs> so let me just do a, a bit of disclosure here. I cannot recall uh, what year in the 90s that the Lord brought me the lesson. It may have been in 92 and it may have been after that. What I can tell you is that the Lord saved me in 1992. I do know that uh, August 23rd, 1992. And although I was happy and rejoicing in the Lord, there was a lot the Lord had to do with me. You all, I mean a lot. And I had, I had to do some serious learning <laughs> and relearning and unlearning some things. So uh, those early years were, uh, were ones where the Lord really had to make and mold me and teach me some things. And it was difficult. As the scriptures say, there's no chastening that's pleasant at the moment, but afterwards it brings up the, the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And I'm grateful for that. So I just wanted to let you all know that I don't uh, exactly remember that it was in 1992, but I know that that was the year that changes started to be made and we give God glory. So with that being said, let me give you all some background. So uh, for many of you all that know me and have heard some of my background before, this will be familiar. But for those that are new to the BCU family or need a bit of a refresher, let me tell you this that I do give God praise for my, my mom and my dad because they brought my brothers and I up in the love and admonition of the Lord. We were raised in an apostolic home 
where we believed and still do that salvation comes through repentance, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and then receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that initial evidence is speaking in tongues. So we thank God for that. And you can read all of that in Acts chapter one and Acts chapter two, specifically two and 38. But you definitely want to read Acts chapter one and two to get more of a background. So along with that, what I also thank God for is that it wasn't just BCU family that piece of things, just just that foundation. There was a whole life that needed to be lived that reflected Christ through and through. And my parents did an amazing job with God's help doing just that. Now, I'm not here to say that my parents were perfect because I don't know anyone outside of Jesus who is uh, that walks this earth. So I'm not saying that they did everything uh, perfectly, but the Lord really did bless them to do an amazing job with walking upright and showing my brothers and I how to do just that. All right. And really, uh, this this speaks to the scripture in Proverbs that says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that's Proverbs 22 and six. Now, along with my parents, I also uh, my brothers and I rather also had uh, people at our local assembly who did the same thing and not just our local church, but we also fellowshiped with other churches as well within our body or organization. So I want to give a huge shout out to the Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ or Cool JC uh, uh, that we're well known as uh, for all of the teaching and upbringing. And uh, when I think about the different young people that I met and the teachers and the deacons and the sisters and and the ministers and elders and and bishops and everybody, it, it was just fantastic. And as a child, some of what um, I grew up with, I enjoyed some of it, not so much, you know, when you're a child, you don't always appreciate everything as an adult. I do thank God because it really did help to make and mold. So I thank God for a good spiritual background. So that part of things. And then also on top of that, uh, in the, the neighborhood that I grew up in, that we had a solid set of, uh, parents throughout the neighborhood who had similar beliefs, you know, maybe a little different here and there when it came to salvation, but nonetheless, uh, their moral foundation was solid. So there were certain things and behaviors that were taught to all of us as, as children. And because we were in the neighborhood in the era I grew up in, you know, a lot of the parents thought the same way. So it was great because as children, we sort of kept each other in check when it came to certain things. Now we ran and we did some stuff too, y'all. But we had pretty much the same basic teaching as far as how to conduct yourself and behavior in public and things like that. So in my little world, um, you know, we were supposed to adhere to certain things, uh, whether it's spiritual, whether it's moral, uh, those kinds of things. Now, with having all of that downloaded into me and I'm going to go to me for a little bit. When I started to grow up and get outside of that circle, so to speak, and see other people not doing what we were taught to do, especially uh, when I got to be into my early 20s and my early saved life, I had BCU family a lot to say about people. (laughs) 
a lot to say. And when I say that, it wasn't all positive. So some of the things I would say, especially when I saw younger people, you know, people around my age and things like that start to do things and and to behave in ways that didn't glorify God or that had a moral element that wasn't correct or some sort of criminal element. Some of the things I would say was, you know what? I don't think they had any home training and I didn't have to know these people. Some of them I did. Some of them I didn't. But, um, yep, no home training or, you know, if it were me, I would have done A, B, C, D and E. And that that child, I would not have grown up to do such and such. Or I know that they were raised better. Uh, or maybe, you know what? Maybe they weren't raised better. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they were raised better. Probably not. Who knows what their parents were doing and what they didn't get taught and things like that. Uh, you know, or, you know, parents are just a reflection. I'm sorry. Children are just a reflection of their parents. That's what it is. And, uh, you know, parents just aren't doing a great job. Things like that, especially that last one. So um, as the Lord started working with me in 1992 in my lesson teaching uh, and, and years beyond and still up to this day, still to this day, the Lord impressed upon me that I did way too much talking. And that talking BCU fam was more judgmental and critical than it should be. And the Lord not only told me that, it, it, not so much that, he showed this to me. And, and I thank God for it. And, and let me explain. Now, um, I have a daughter who is grown now and, and, and has her own children and when I got into the thick of parenting, probably right around the, the preteen and teen years, got into the thick of that, uh, I came to the realization that this parenting was not as easy and breezy as I made it out to be. It just was not. And for those who have parented or tried to uh, help parent a teenager, uh, I'm sure you understand. And quite honestly, I wasn't a picnic at, you know, those ages either. <laughs> I just wasn't. And in all of that, and even, even if I go back to just thinking about, you know, my daughter, um, and even in myself, as a matter of fact, and I'm doing this BCU fam without a script or anything. It's right off the top of my head. So I'm thinking as I'm going, when I think about the things that my daughter got into and we thank God for all things that she's here and, and that she's doing uh, her best with God's help to uh, be a good example to her children. When I think about some of the choices that she made along the way in her earlier years, that wasn't a reflection of me. It wasn't a reflection of me at all. Uh, it wasn't what I taught her to do. It certainly wasn't what I endorsed, but she went ahead and did it anyway. And I'm not here to point her out because when I think about my childhood and when I started to get of age where I could make decisions and, and you can make decisions all along, but you all understand what I'm saying, that the reflection, I'm sorry, some of the, the decisions that I made were not a reflection of my parents. Hmm. Hmm. 
They just weren't. And when I, and I thank God for uh, Bishop Larry Elliott and First Lady Brenda Elliott of, of Meriden Bible Way Church, if they're listening, I thank God for them. And talking to them about, um, again, just kind of going back to my daughter and just some of the vexation that I felt about the direction at the time that she was going in. And, and what I thought about BCU fam is, is that, you know, all of the scriptures that were downloaded into her and, you know, we were in church and she was part of the youth department and all of the long talks that we had and, and all of the things that she was shown. And, and again, I wasn't perfect as a parent either. So there were some mistakes along the way, of course, but with everything that had happened with the training, right, in the way that she should go, I did not understand why it is that she was making certain decisions. And my concern was because I had heard it and said it is that she is a reflection of me. And people are going to start to think that this is what I endorse, that this is what I do, that this is how I act. And this, I didn't tell her anything and I didn't raise her right. And I should have taught her better and all of those kinds of things. So all of the things that I said about others was now coming back. You all see what I'm saying here? And I did not like the way that it felt. Since this scripture uh, comes to mind, when I think about that, it says, judge not that ye might not be judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you meet out, it shall be measured to you again. And that's Matthew chapter seven, verses one and two. And the scripture warns us, and I didn't know this at the time, BCU fam. So again, I thank God for the lesson that when we start to make comments and pronounce all kinds of judgment on others about what we should do and what shouldn't happen and things like that, and we don't have the complete story and the Lord did not give us authorization or clearance to speak on things, that things will come back to you and that you're going to have to deal with all of that. So not only was I dealing with my daughter and not making good decisions, now I am dealing with the Lord or the Lord is dealing with me, I should say, on my mouth. Now, I do realize that in certain situations that we may need to speak up or we might be talking about things to get a better understanding or to get a lesson out of it. And that's one thing. And what's awesome about the Lord is, is that he knows the thoughts and the intent of our heart. So he knows when we're talking about things in, in a way to gain a better understanding or knowledge or to counsel or what have you. And he also knows when we're just being judgmental and critical. And I will admit that I wasn't trying to be helpful in my conversations. It was more of, you know, you should do things better and you should do things differently uh, as parents. And that's not always the case. Amen. It's not always the case. Now, um, this also the Lord in, in that has taught me this scripture. And I say this one quite often, even today. And I thank him for it. In James chapter one, verses nine, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every, not some of us, not teachers, not parents, not those who think they know everything, not those who I feel like they've got all the answers because no one does but God, but let every man be swift to hear, 
So we need to be quick to hear what's happening. And we can't hear if we are talking. We can't learn if we are talking. Not only can that not happen, uh, we're not hearing what the person is saying. We're also not hearing what the spirit of God is telling us when it comes to getting ready to comment. Now, in this scripture, it doesn't say to not speak here. It says to be slow to speak. So there are times where we need to keep silent and that's a different scripture. But here, if we do have the occasion to say something, we need to be slow to get that done. So that means that we don't want to be hasty to just go ahead and say what comes to mind because the enemy lurks BCU fam for us to uh, pour out things. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, let's see, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says that the heart of the righteous studies to answer. They wait. They think before they speak. They weigh out what's being said. They pray. They ask the Lord in their hearts in that moment. Lord, help me to say the right thing. Help me to say something that's going to be edifying, even if it's something that is not necessarily uh, something that the other person wants to hear. I still need to say it in love. So we study to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. That's Proverbs 15 and 28. So when you're wicked, when your ways are not in line with what the Lord says, um, you are will pour out whatever comes out of your heart because that's where it is, right? And you'll start to say things about people and how they're raising their children and what's not right and what they did do and what they didn't do. And, you know, when I raise my child, I'll do this. And when I raise my child, I did that. And, and again, we don't have all of the answers. So we're pouring out evil things and those evil things. And I'm going to go back to James. Those evil things uh, are not of God. Now, um, keep your finger, as it were, on James chapter one. And if you go over to James chapter four, uh, verses 11 and 12, it says, speak not evil of one another, brethren. Uh, he that speaks evil judges his brother and speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. So. In this instance, and this is where we're talking about judgment not being right. There are times where we do need to judge things, and that's a whole different type of podcast. But here we're evil speaking. And if we're evil speaking and judging, then we're not doing what the Lord says. So those statements that I made uh, were judgments. And, and I'm now the judge. And the scripture goes on to say, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that judges another? And again, that's James chapter four, verses 11 and 12. So I should make these conclusions about what people were doing with their children. Right. Because I, that's not for me to know uh, when when the Lord tells us to judge, not lest we to judge, not lest we be judged. It's unrighteous judgment. It's not knowing, again, the entire story. It's me doing the same thing. Right. Or even worse and then having the audacity to say something about you. It's me not having that area of my life together or not having enough experience to say anything or to just not be listening to the Lord, to be quiet <laughs> or to be slow to speak. And when I go to say these things and we want to believe the word of God for all of the good things and the blessings and the overflow uh, but we have to take into account the entire word of God and th these parts of things, too. And some of us, uh, myself included, uh, are in a, in a place where we 
we stay in these places too long because we kind of skim what's here and not get down into what the Lord is telling us. So uh, going back, I know I, I kind of hopped around a little bit to James chapter one, verse number 19. We need to be slow to speak and then, of course, slow to get angry. Um, and that that wrath of of man does not work the righteousness of God. And that's verse number 20 of James chapter one. So with us pouring out these evil things and, and being quick to speak, it's wicked things. It's evil things. It's things that are not of God. And those who have the Holy Ghost down on the inside and are allowing it to work uh, and, and allowing the Lord to cultivate us. And I thank God for those years of that cultivation. It taught me through experience that we need to be slow to speak. And even going further uh, in Ecclesiastes, I want to say chapter 12, there's a time and a place for everything. And sometimes there's a time to speak and a time to keep silent. And many of the times we need to keep silent and ask the Lord to help the individual that's going through with their children. So that's that's the first thing. So I thank God for that lesson uh, because God is just he's so wonderful and uh, he is so gracious and he loves us so very much and he wants us to be like him. And he has to take us through some things to get there. So that's part of it. Now, the other part of it, BCU fam, was around, uh, you all heard me say, that what people would think and that your children are a reflection of you. Now, going back to our anchor scripture in Proverbs 22 and 6, uh, it is our job as parents, caregivers, aunties, uncles, cousins, um, you know, uh, guardians or, or just, you know, even if you're a part of someone's life. And I had a lot of people who weren't related to me that were part of my life. And I thank God for them. It is our duty as adults to train up a child in the way that they should go. Obviously, the parents have the bulk of the responsibility. Parents are guardians. But, you know, there are others, too, that that are charged to do that. And with that being said, with training us up, right, and being those those examples, Lord, I want to thank you. Lord, I want to thank you. With those examples um, of everyone around us, that with everything that we see as, as young people, all of those good examples and all of that teaching is an anchor. All right, it's an anchor. And having that information down on the inside of us helps us to make good decisions and and lets us know when we don't make good decisions. Now, in all of what it says there in Proverbs 22 and 6, we also have to take into account free will. When the Lord created us, BCU fam, he created us, us with free will. And you can see that in the book of Genesis, uh, if you want to go to chapters number two and three. Now, time will not permit me to go into all of it. So I'm going to ask you all to, to take a good read. But God created Adam and told Adam that there was he was to, he was put into the garden to dress and to keep it. And there was one tree that Adam was not allowed to eat from. And that was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he gave Adam that very clear direction. And when I think about this, the Lord created Adam and the Lord was face. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Lord was face to face with Adam. So the Lord, the Lord was right there and gave him direction. Now, obviously, Eve was told of this as well. Um, and 
subsequently was deceived by the serpent who convinced her that, you know, she needed to eat off the tree and she convinced Adam. And then that's where the fall of man came in. Now, I say all of that because if we in looking at this and Lord, I want to thank you. Hallelujah. When we think about how God at that time communed with man face to face. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Where God was right here and gave them gave them specific instructions. Hallelujah, Lord, on what to do. Lord, I thank you. Gave them specific instructions. And yet and still they yielded to what the enemy said because of the free will that God gave them. God gives people choices. We can give people the information. We can train them up. We can tell them what the Lord says and we should, and we should live that in front of them. Absolutely. At some point they're going to make choices. Now, because we give them what they need in terms of spiritual and moral uh, moral uh, information and, and the word of God, our hope BCU fam, our prayer of course, is that they make good decisions. They may not always do so. And if Adam and Eve with God in their presence can do these things, what more will our children and grandchildren and whomever else that we may be uh, in charge of do when it comes to uh, not quite making the right decisions? Now, we don't like it, right? It vexes us. Yes, it does. And it concerns us. And for those that have uh, smaller children, you might be thinking, oh, my goodness gracious. So what we want to do again is we want to accept the fact that our children may not always make the right decisions amen so our job is to do what we're supposed to do and then we have to allow the lord to work out the rest of a bcu fam that's what we have to do and lord i want to thank you and it's going to be bumpy in certain cases there'll be some children who will just follow what the Lord says and you won't have much or any trouble out of them and others, maybe not so much. So we have to account for free will. And that takes me to the next lesson is because very often as parents, and I can speak from experience is that I felt a tremendous amount of guilt and shame as to what my uh, daughter did. And I'm sure my parents did too. At some point, I'm sure they did too. So uh, because I felt that, and, and because I had made these statements and believed them that, you know, parents are a reflection of the children. And sometimes they are. Sometimes they absolutely are. In this case, it, this is not what I was teaching you to do. You know, I didn't I didn't want you to do this or I didn't want you to take that direction and, and all those kinds of things. It started to uh, weigh on me spiritually. And going back to uh, my uh, former pastor and first lady, again, Bishop Larry Elliott, first lady, Brenda Elliott. And having the conversation with them, and I thank God for them and the wisdom uh, that they uh, downloaded into me, you all. I just praise God for them. We came to the conclusion that because uh, grown or, or almost grown or, or close to grown and grown people make decisions and that they are not a reflection of us necessarily. It's a reflection of the choices that they make. And that we have to let go of the guilt and the shame and the worry about what everybody else is thinking. And this is the, this brings the whole conversation full circle 
because um, I made these comments not knowing what would happen as I raised my own daughter and even had a hand in, in helping to shape my grandchildren's lives. Um, I made those, those, those comments and whatnot. And Lord, I thank you. And, and in that, now that I've gone through it, I have learned and am yet learning that when a parent has a situation with a child that we have to, with God's grace, let them know. And I'm letting you all know that are having these situations and in case this ever comes up in your life that I don't, if you've done everything that the Lord has told you to do, uh, and, and even if you didn't, let me, let me say this, because there are times in parenting that we think we're doing the right thing and that, you know, at the time it was a good decision and maybe we could have done things differently. But you all know what I mean. When we are walking upright before the Lord uh, with everything that's within us and doing everything that we can with God's help, we've done what God has told us to do. If we didn't, we repented for it and, and moved on knowing that we have done what we we could. We don't want to live under the guilt and the shame of our children making decisions that are not what we would endorse, recommend or what we live before them. It is free will. It's free will. Free will does not feel good all of the time. It doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, help us in a way to be proud of our children. Right. When they make these decisions. Nonetheless, this is where we lean into the Lord some more. Lord, I want to thank you. This is where we lean into Jesus. This is where we talk to him more. This is where we cry out to him. And this is where we say, Lord, you know, take away the, the, the shame and the guilt that I'm feeling because I, I know that I did what I could. I didn't do it perfectly. I didn't do it right all of the time, but I know that I did what I could with your help. And then we just release and leave. And I, I, I am a witness, BCU fam, and I can I can speak of myself that the Lord and I thank him for it. And you all can hear some of the emotion that's coming in. I thank him for it because uh, going back to me, you know, when I was in my uh, teens and early 20s, I, I was just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I thank God that it wasn't uh, outrageous. But I know that some of the choices that I made and the decisions that I made had not one thing to do with my parents. I mean, not one thing to do with them at all. Complete opposite uh, in a lot of it. And I thank God because he, because of the anchor, because of the foundation, because of what I was taught, uh, because um, I had those uh, scriptures downloaded and I saw the life and, and, and saw people uh, living and thriving in the Lord. I got tired in 1992. I got tired of just running from God and, and living the way that I was living. And I gave my life to him and to his glory, honor and praise and, and still here. And I thank God for it. And the Lord and I have been through some things. Uh, we're still going through some things. We're still doing a lot of lessons and learning and whatnot. But nonetheless, God is great and he is greatly to be praised. And he has been here for me every step of the way. So I'm a witness, BCU fam. And there are many witnesses uh, that I could speak of. I won't tell their testimony, but I can I just know that the Lord is well able. So I am a, a living testimony of that particular scripture and we will outlive uh, uh, the shame and whatnot that goes with our children not making the right decision. So we just have to uh, ask the Lord to help us to heal our hearts because it hurts. Now, 
nobody wants to see their child going sideways and doing things and hurting themselves and being in the same situation. And when God can do better for them, right? Nobody likes that. Um, and then it doesn't help if we're the people when we're talking to folks that are going through with their kids, we're, we don't help when we talk about, oh, well, you know what? You should have just punished Junior more. You know, if you had just kept Junior in, in the young people's service, you know, an extra 10 minutes each time, this would not have happened. Well, you know, it, it's just in it, it's just in her genes. And, you know, you probably could have done things differently, but it's too late now, Sister Sal. That's not what we say. <laughs> BCU fam, that's not what we're doing. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So whether we're saying it to the person or saying it about someone, that's not what should be happening. Our position, our posture should be one of compassion and of prayer. And, and even if they could have done something differently, there's nothing that can be done about that now. So we need to pray for the child, right? Because we want the child to come into knowing the Lord in the fullness and pray for that parent. And, and if you can get to that parent and let them know that the Lord loves them, that they did everything that they could do, that free will is, is here. And what we're praying for is that the child will come to himself or herself like the prodigal son did and come on back uh, to Jesus or come to Jesus. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a, a good end. So, uh, so many times BCU family, we just talk, 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 and we're not prayerful. We're not being slow to speak. Uh, we're not praying. We're not studying to answer. And that's what our posture is. So uh, I had, I thought one lesson and kept on talking and there was a few in there. And I do pray that what was said here today, I uh, helped to let you know that as a parent or a caregiver that you don't have to feel any guilt or shame. And let me say this to you too, as we get ready to close in certain cases, um, as parents, we did not bring up our, our children in the love and admonition of the Lord. Maybe we came to the Lord later on in life and maybe we did live a life before them that wasn't uh, always uh, godly. And maybe it was it was morally OK, but it wasn't godly. And and for those that didn't, I you can't worry about that either. And I'm here to tell you because the Lord saves, you know, I know of, of many people, many people who were who hadn't heard of church and wasn't raised in church and didn't have that, that background and upbringing. And the Lord spoke to their hearts and wooed them. I know one person in particular and wooed them on over. So um, if you were the parent that didn't always do things um, the way that you were supposed to, that's okay too, because God has a way of getting to people. He can get to anyone. Uh, Proverbs 21 and, and one reminds us that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And just like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wants to. So, uh, you know, pray for their heart that the Lord will speak to that. And he is well able to do just that. So the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avail much. Um, you know, that's James. I want to say chapter five, right around verse number 16 B, somewhere around in there. So let's continue to fervently pray and ask the Lord uh, to work things out so that we're not uh, overworked in our hearts and minds. Guilt and shame do not come from God. That is the enemy. And he wants to take us down. And we're not going to allow that to happen in the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 Well, listen, BCU family, I tell you, I came on to just have a little bit of a conversation and the Lord just took over and I love when that happens. So it is my prayer that something was said here today that encouraged your hearts and minds. So with that being said, we're going to get ready to wrap up. 
But let me say this to you. If something was said here that blessed you, I'd love to know all about it. So if you're not already here, go on over to the blendcouragesyou.com site, head on down to the comment section. There's a box there and I will be awaiting uh, us to continue our conversation. And depending on the platform that you are listening in on, there may be a comment section there too. Go ahead and let's get started with uh, talking a little bit more about this. So with that BCU fam, this is Blend from BlendCouragesYou.com signing off. Thank you all so much for listening and for your support. I thank God for each and every one of you all and am continuing to pray for you and ask that you do the same for me. And until the next time that we are together, may our amazing God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you and give you all peace as you stay on the walk.